All right, let's get started. So Xander, what the hell are you doing? Why are you buying a Tesla Semi? And how much is the reservation? How much is the actual cost of this whole thing? How are you going to make money? I mean, I got too many questions. Go ahead. Just spill the guts. What's going on? Hey, guys. Um, well, my business partner about a week ago uh, said, uh, hey, uh, he, there was an article. Um, I, I think he's had the idea a really long time, but there was an article that kind of talked about the financing, uh, the finances of the of the business. So um, how much savings you have over uh, diesel, maintenance costs, all of that stuff. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so he put the uh, you know idea in my head, and then you start chewing on it, and how you know, going through the business plan, trying to figure out uh, what we would, uh, uh, you know, we're we're business owners, uh, so we're we're used to employees and operations and all that fun, fun stuff. So we, um, yeah, we were just having lunch and going through all the reasons not to do it. Um, and, uh, so we just decided to place an order, uh, to answer your other questions. It's a $5,000 yeah. credit card deposit, um, instantly. And then you have like a week to send 15 grand via wire. So I got to do that next. And then, um, uh, I think, is that it? Were there any other questions? You No, I think that's it, right? Well, well, well where are you going to park it? Who's going to drive it? Don't you have to have some sort of license, specific driving license? Yeah. How, how are you going to make money? What is your model? Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, he says we'll fix it in post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, we, we can get our, our, our licenses, uh, you know, to, to, to be able to operate it ourselves because both of us want to be able to tow a, uh, you know, vacation home type of thing. Uh, when it's not working, so we're gonna do that, and then uh, we'll hire. I mean, what what trucker will not want to uh, get paid better than all the other truckers because we have more more margin and uh, drive a comfortable comfortable little semi? Zender, yes. Please explain to the folks at home what you what your company does because you, you didn't mention that, I believe. Oh, uh, we, we, we own frozen yogurt <laughs> businesses. So it has nothing to do with trucking. But in terms <laughs> of uh, employees, uh, we're, we're used to, uh, you know, operations and, and running businesses. So, Xander, I don't know if you so, can share, but, but what's the purchase price and how are you going to finance it mm -hmm. after the, the 15 and the 5 if, yeah, if that's not too personal? 20, no, no, no. I mean, uh, we're definitely not going to sell Tesla stock. That was my biggest gripe about uh, okay. about that. Um, we will we'll get financing. The uh, We're going to get the 500-mile the range one, and that is 180 grand. Uh, obviously, before taxes, and I imagine FSD will be extra. But... Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of financing, I mean, it shouldn't be hard to get a uh, business loan. Um, you know, we have existing entities that can uh, qualify for financing without much, uh, without much headache. Yeah, it's an auto loan, so you know, it's just. Uh... So th this has nothing to do with the yogurt shops, nope. right? This is nope. a completely it's, separate business. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be completely separate. And then you know it's easy to scale, uh, big picture wise. It might be a, uh, you know, once you kind of prove the concept and show demand. The 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 issue is is um, you know, like let's play a game. How many reservations? What do you think my reservation number is? Uh, ah, see how there's uh, a bunch of zeros. See how there's all those zeros. Sure, sure. So it looks like it's a whole new string. It's not like the Cybertruck. Uh, 
how many reservations have already been made? Yes. I'll go with 14,000. Uh, Christian and uh, Alexandra and Ash. 22,000. 20,000. 50,000. <laughs> okay, go with that. That sounds pretty high, 50, because <laughs> that that truck was 500,000, right? No, well, twenty over a million, yeah, well over a million. Okay, yeah, right. B back in the days, uh, I remember oh, a very like old number, first, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like in the first but, yeah, you're, no, kind of thing. You're right. It's one million now, but it's like a hundred bucks. It's not like. It's not like twenty grand you could put in Tesla stock. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So twenty thousand would sound so, very pretty damn good. Uh, before so, you share it, Xander, yeah. uh, Brian just came up, and he is the best in accuracy and measure in. If you guys haven't uh, followed him, you really need to on his YouTube channel. He tracks product, car productions very, very well. And he has um, earning estimates as, that rivals Troy Tesla-like. Uh, in fact, in some sometimes he's actually beaten them. Uh, so, Brian, we're asking, we're guessing how many reservations has there been on Tesla Semi? Xander knows because he just made a reservation for some weird reason. But, Brian, what's your guess? Brian? Before we get the answer, I'll put in my guess, which will be 25,200. <laughs> okay. Brian, are you there? We can't Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? There yeah. we go. So I I'm saying 30 to 35,000. Okay. All right. We all put in numbers. Go ahead, Zander. Yeah. Uh, sorry. We're pulling wires. Um, we. Uh, it's 15,000. For oh. wind and prices right, he did not go over. Uh, who was closest? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, you, you win fifteen thousand. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, Alexander, take note. I win bets. Oh, 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 oh. don't you start. <laughs> so Alexander and I have a bet. Everybody listening in, that she has uh, hoping and wishing and assuming. And actually has good reason to believe that um, Tesla is going to get investment grade credit rating before the end of August. And our bet is the loser has to super follow Earl of Frunk Puppy for six months. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that like $18? Wow. <laughs> it's big spenders. It's the dignity, Xander. It's a dignity. Oh, true. Every day I'll tell him. Every day I'll tell him. <laughs> you, you, Alexander, you have, what is it, August 18th. You're, you're in trouble. You're not sweating bullets. That's, yeah, I am. I am. But at the moment, I'm sweating because I've, I'm with Gary and Father tonight on the video. Yes. That's sweating me. <laughs> That's right, guys. But, but, right? Then, but then I'll wonder about you, yes. Okay, so right <laughs> after this, uh, this uh, phase at 4.30 Pacific time, Alexandra and Gary Black and Farzad is having a, a live stream. We all have to jump over there. But that is a real coup, Alexandra. You set this up. You connected Gary Black and Farzad. I know that Farzad has been asking Gary and he's kind of ignored him. But then when you came in the board, <laughs> all of a sudden he started saying yes. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, I've been good to him for a year. I've included his fund. I've been talking about his fund and all that. So yeah. he owed me a little bit one. And, and I made it. I mean, first he was like, no, no time, whatever. And then when would you have time? Well, Thursday afternoon. And we nailed him. And that was it. 
are you what are you gonna ask questions what kind of questions are you gonna ask you? oh i've got on my list i was actually working on that when i saw that you were live and i thought oh let's jump on and there i was yeah. as a speaker so i've got uh, there were quite a lot of people on twitter who sent us questions yeah. and then i want to know what tesla he drives and whether he uses fsd and and since when he's been driving uh, a tesla and you know more personal stuff and i don't sure. i think once i have him on youtube live i don't yeah. think he can avoid them so i try not to talk too much about it so he, he doesn't <laughs> awesome oh he obviously does not have fsd because he doesn't value it and he has different yeah. opinions about it so you nail him on that one well, I mean, he should at least use the autopilot when he is uh, when he's driving mm -hmm. on the motorway. So, well, well I'm, I'm going to ask him quite a lot of questions. And if you have some questions you have in mind, tell them, tell me now, because I'm going to jump out of here in a couple of minutes to get yeah. ready. Okay. But uh, I'm most happy to take. What, what time? What time did you say that was? It's in in an hour and fifteen minutes at four thirty Pacific. Thank you very much. Does anybody here have a question that you think uh, we should ask Gary Black when Farzad and Alexandra interview him later this afternoon. You can troll him with a do you think PR is of any value <laughs> question. Like just no. just like <laughs> I, I got purely, one purely troll, you know. I, I got one and, and this is just, just my personal opinion. I I like Gary and I'd see all his tweets, but I would like to uh, to know why he just values the car business, I get it. I totally get it. But why would no incremental um, value on anything like, you know, a little bit of the possibility of an FS, the FSD or RoboTaxi, the possibility of the energy business? You know, does he does he have any incremental value for these other lines or does he just do the strictly the car business and doesn't incorporate any of the others? Okay, I, I wrote that down. I would ask him what do you, what what stocks he has personally. Okay, that's a good question. I like it. I mean, I'm sure other... a lot of them would be from the FFND fund, right? I'm sure he invests a lot of the stuff that he promotes. I would guess, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to ask him at what point would he guess that the institutional analysts will actually start to come on board? Uh, in our last Cyber Bulls uh, episode, we talked about how. Uh, Tesla is owned. He he himself had tweeted that 44% of institutions own Tesla versus all the other mega caps. But so is it? Is it your institutional credit rating? Is that what jumps from 44% to around 60, 70%? Or is it some other magical thing that must happen before they catch up to other mega caps? Okay, noted that. That's a very interesting. That's a very good question. I think. Very interesting. So I have a, my questions are, is Twitter his only social media? I mean, does he mm. do anything else than trade mm. and be Twitter? And um, why is he so passionate about, you know, educating us all on Twitter? I, I'm, I mean, I love that he's doing it, but this is mm. so unusual. Nobody else does it. So why does he do it? That's a great question. Yeah, he it is curious. He's one of the only few analysts that's actually actively uh, you know, sharing his opinions 
and given us education, which is so valuable to us? I think it's a great question, but I, I think the answer is pretty obvious. It's it's a great marketing uh, tactic where you get promotion. Uh, yeah, yeah, promotion. You're seeing people. I, people that that doesn't that. actually work. That actually, it honestly, didn't work. I, I mean, I love Gary. I love his fund, and I'm personally invested in it. But he's still at nine million, which is a size where it's not really worth running an ETF because it does cost a lot of, you know, administration to, to do it. So if that was really the reason, um, that didn't work. Well, well, I agree with you, but like, I wouldn't know who he was if he, if he, if he wasn't doing that. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot mm -hmm. of regular uh, Tesla investors who now listen to it. So now he has an influence on, on the way we, we talk about like uh, last Tuesday on, uh, you know, T Herbert's, uh, uh, Twitter Spaces and the, our, our Cyber Bulls uh, episodes on YouTube. We that's what that's what we talk about. You'll see his his tweets are are what we you know discuss. Sure, sure. And and and, and I mean I I think he actually really likes it. You know this educational aspect. I mean he is up every morning um, at the at the pre opening, going all day long, and and obviously spending a lot of time on it. But I, I just find it's you know. It, it's curious that somebody would decide that because if you compare that to uh, ARC, they have a complete other strategy, videos and, and going on CNBC and, and doing all that. Or if you compare it to Ross, um, while Ross talks a lot, he doesn't really just concentrate on uh, on Tesla. While Gary's is main, I mean, 95% is Tesla. He sometimes talks about other stuff, but that's really very rare, rare. So, Alexander, before you leave, I've got two questions to ask you. One is uh, you uh, told me that uh, August 17th, you were going to start to redo your table. That it's done. You... Okay. So let me explain to the audience. You're, you create this table. So everybody should be following Alexander, by the way, if you haven't yet on Twitter. Thank you. She keeps track of, um, in this case, the investment grade credit rating, and she shows all the mega caps and all the different metrics that you're following. And it's clear that Tesla compared to the others is green across the board. And it's quite embarrassing for S&P and Moody's why they have not yet upgraded Tesla. And you said you're gonna upgrade that. So you're gonna release that shortly, correct? Mm -hmm. okay. Tonight, yes. Oh, tonight, okay, wonderful. Yeah, that, that was actually the whole setup because uh, um, yes. Faza wanted to have me up. I said, well, what shall we do? I said, I, I think I have my table ready. And I said, oh, great, so come to the table. Um, and, and I said, shall we ask Gary? Because Gary is very fond of the table. He tells me, I mean, not that we talk daily by far not, but the few times we talk, he always says, that's the best thing you did. That's the best thing you did. And I mean, while I yeah. love hearing that, I, I don't think yeah. that's the best thing I did, but never mind. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so, a beautiful table. Yeah. It's all exactly. green across the board for Tesla. And it's uh, so, so I thought that that may be finally the hook to invite him. Right. So nice. I said, you know what, Gary, I'm going to publish that. When when we talk too fast, that how about you come on and you help nice. me comment on, and that's how it was. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And then the second question for you is that on Tuesdays at three p.m., um, Xander, Christian, and I have a Cyber Bulls Twitter Space and um, YouTube Live. Could you, if you're available, to join us as a guest bull uh, one of these Tuesdays? If this coming Tuesday, you can tell us what happened. So is it what from three to four? Because I always have an engagement Tuesdays at four. What, how long is it? Uh, we start at three. We end at four thirty Pacific time. But we can certainly have you on for that whatever you want. Thirty, forty-five minutes. I mean, I, I could I could probably do from three to a quarter to four if if you don't mind. Um, yes, please. Yeah, I'm very happy. But wasn't mm. I supposed to talk to you on Monday anyway? Yeah, that's that's a separate thing. So. 
there we go. How rare than me. I'm Every gonna, day. <laughs> I'm gonna double up. But the Monday one is a pre-recorded thing. I don't I don't do live streams like far as that okay. does. And so that's gonna be released after this. Good, good, yeah, good, good. Okay. And, I, and I hope and I hope with you, Herbert, because nobody ever wants to listen to me. I mean, Brian yesterday was great and I know he's there. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. But what I really would like to express one day is why I chose these five measures that I follow and what they really express, because it's actually very easy to understand, especially for Americans who have private credit scores, because that's all it is. Exactly. Um, but, but if you don't mind getting a little bit more deep into the, the math of it, I, I'd love to do that. Absolutely. We're going to do all sorts of fun things. Okay. Thank Good. you so much. Uh, Alexander. No I really appreciate it. See you that. later. You all come because if there's not a lot of audience, I'll have to pay for it. Oh, this is going to break the internet, Alexander. You're <laughs> kidding me. At 4.30 Pacific time, we're all going to jump off and join Farzad and Alexander interviewing Gary Black. It's going to break the internet. <laughs> Please. You're crazy. Okay. Thank you very much. See okay. you soon. Bye-bye. See you soon. <sighs> Wow, this is crazy that we had her and then we had Xander. Xander, we're not done with you. <laughs> so you're going to spend $150,000 on a Tesla Semi instead of putting it in stock. And then so if you put it in Tesla stock in three years, that could be like a million bucks or more. How much money do you think you're going to make from this Semi in three years? We didn't get that far. But, um, you know, sometimes you just got to pull the trigger when your gut says, uh, you know, you, you do that. But we're going to finance the rest. So you can't quite look at it that way, right? Uh, being able to get a loan, I couldn't get a, a loan to, to put it in Tesla stock the same way. I mean, I can, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, I'm trying uh, to... I, and I will. But, um, yeah, we'll figure that part out later. Uh, for now, really, it's okay. getting... We, uh, we just got uh, Ryan getting in line. Levinson from the Kilowatts, and he has, uh, what is it, 11 or 12 Teslas, on Turo, he's a master of car sharing. Uh, Ryan, did you hear that Xander just put a reservation for a Tesla Semi? Are you going to do something similar now? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I currently know, but I like that line of thinking. I mean, there's a really interesting uh, consideration to be had there. Yeah, if, you're, if your focus is you know, between profit and enjoyability, you might enjoy uh, that more and potentially make money on it. And I, it's something I've thought about, yeah, that like after the tax incentives and if I ever need to move around several cars, I, I don't think I necessarily need a semi as much for my operations now, but there's there's a time in which I might need that. And so I, I, I've thought about it, yes, but the current answer is no. Come on, just put in a, it's, it's apparently only $5,000 by credit card. And we're, we're here, to wait, we're going to wait and find out if he's going to put in the 15,000 by wire. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So. wait, wait for what? I, I, I just, <laughs> I was going to ACH it. And then, and then they're like, wire only. I'm like, oh man, I got to, I got to work with the bank on this. So that means that you're not going to be able to use that money for option trading anymore. That, that's right. That's right. But, but you know, um, uh, I mean, it's TMI, but but it's a it's a business expense for us. So we just we're just not getting going to get a distribution. And you're right. I can't I can't pass it as income to myself. But Ryan, this is not uh, individual consumers anymore. This is going to have to be a commercial endeavor. Right. Yes. Yeah. Would you do that? Is that something you think about? I mean, uh, the kilowatts, as everyone knows it, uh, is a basically a, a doing business as my business, which is Kilowatt Camping LLC. So, yeah, I would consider exactly that. So for camping, RV, or are you thinking like uh, like a 
the, the yeah. name the name is the best for what I'm focused on nowadays, but the name is what is the umbrella company for what you know as the kilowatt. So I, I'm not looking at getting into camping nowadays, but uh, if you've heard of my friend's business, Lightship, uh, it was partly because I, I felt that the name kilowatt camping would be associated with RV camping with EVs. There's, there's still something there, but actually, of all things, tonight I am camping at Laguna Seca in my Model Y. So kilowatt camping is still a way of life, but it's not necessarily the way my business shows up. Wow. Well, Xander and, and Ryan can partner together or something. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. we do, we, we do want to start a VC fund and uh, do a whole big, uh, you know, scale this to a, a giant business. That's the oh. my, 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 uh, my business partner the founder of Menchie's. So we, he, he thinks big and I get to tag along. Okay. So all of our hundred people on this space can become investors in your massive, uh, robo taxi fleet management business of Tesla semis. Maybe we'll see how life goes. Yeah. Zen, Zen, what is the core of your this business? Awesome. Don't forget little guys. <laughs> What's that right? I was just wondering, what is the core of Xander's business today? He's a frozen yogurt king. He owns four frozen yogurt uh, shops, and he's building another one. And then out of left field, he put a reservation for Tesla Semi without giving it much thought on a napkin, probably a, a Menchie's frozen yogurt napkin. They were sitting there, and then they just, that, oh. That, that's actually true. We, we did the math on, on a napkin and, and said, okay. <laughs> All right, well, in honor, in honor of that, I may have to get Menchie's on my way down to Monterey. Let me see that. Is there one in San Jose I can swing by? I don't know. Menchie's.com. Zender, do you have a... <laughs> Zender, do you have a, a history of uh, compulsive buying, or is that a new thing? What was the, the previous, like, biggest, wildest uh, purchase you made let's say, in uh, Tesla products? I mean, I have a reservation on a Model X. I, I drive a Model Y performance. Uh, I have a Model 3 that will sell. Uh, Model 3 standard range will sell. Sorry, we're, we're pulling wires. Um, no, Xander, the biggest thing was your purchase of Tesla stock. Oh, oh, you mean selling two properties and putting it all into Tesla? Yeah, that... I would say that would be the biggest. That, that's definitely the biggest. It's a He's... compulsive... Selling houses too. Okay, he sold two houses, and he convinced his wife, and this, and he claims that's why he claims he's the biggest bull of the three of us. But uh, I think it's uh, he's the craziest. Maybe we should change his name to Craziest Bull. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be me. I, there we sorry, Mister. We're we're like right in the middle of pulling. We're deciding who's the craziest bull, and it's hilarious that Christian wants to take on the the crowd. He goes, "He, I'm the I want to be the most rational bull, and I'm going to take that uh, take that out of uh, Jeffrey's. Uh, Jeffrey, we invited you to come up here. Jeffrey's name. I'm the rational bull, not you, Jeffrey. So, <laughs> um, I mean, look, the, you, we could we could kind of joke around, but this is a completely rational, slept on for a week discussed at nauseum and uh it's a very serious venture like i said my my business partner is the founder of a global franchise this isn't like a hey let's 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 just do you know let's look cool but i i 
I posted it on Twitter and I was like, I wonder if if, if anyone's gonna pick this up. And it was it was crazy. Martin Vieca uh, liked it, which was uh, wow. the VP of Tesla uh, Investor Relations. So I thought that that was that was cool. And, and just a question: You plan on using the semi for management of the stores, or how do you plan on utilizing it? No, I think we'll end up either leasing it out to uh, to a distributor, um, or. Uh, yeah, either to a distributor or well, we'll we'll our plan is to probably just hire uh, our own driver, you know, and and bring haven't haven't paid, uh, and then you know, uh, we will will it'll have to be short haul in the beginning, especially with the range, um, you know, uh, while the infrastructure grows, I think that that's that's the important part is, uh, you know, before you can go national, it's you know it looks like. You have like Pepsi and Walmart right there installing mega chargers at their places. So some, something like that, um, you know, maybe buy a property. Uh, that, that's what we discussed is buy a property, a yard, a, you know, you got to clean them. You got to, you got tires once, you know, with one, it won't, it'll just be a, a start, but um, we kind of want to get in line. Uh, I wish the deposit was a little bit smaller, but, but uh, you know, we wanted to see uh, how many, I was hoping that the reservation would, number would tell me something. Um, and I'm glad to see that it wasn't like some long drawn out uh, attached to a different one. We can actually kind of get a rough idea of how many deposits there are. And if it's 15,000, now I can start thinking about, and maybe that's a good question to, to, to ask the group here. Uh, how long do you think it's going to take them to manufacture 15,000 units? I was going to ask this, another question, which is 15,000. It's actually it seems low to me. What do you guys think? Does not, does not, is that low bull? That's not bullish. That seems like, Right, bearish. If it's only fifteen thousand reservations for this, I yeah. I mean, that's hard. I think the bigger question is, does Semi take precedence over Cybertruck? I think not. But he talked about Semi coming this year, so maybe he Tesla's planning to ramp Semi before Cyber, not ramp, but but incorporate it just with a longer Cybertruck. But um, but isn't the forty six eighty kind of behind here? Is what I'm hearing. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah, but once, once it scales, it scales. You know what I mean? Like once they solve the formula, it's going to go pretty quickly. But my business partner makes a great point. He says this is number of reservations. And if, and if you know, Pepsi or whoever has has like 80 trucks or, or 100. You know, yeah, or 100 trucks, then you'll have – I don't think they're going to have different reservation numbers, right? Because it did say quantity, and I, and I, I was, you know, weak sauce here with just one, but it's a start. Brian, uh, what's your thought on the number of Tesla semis reservation? I think it's, mm, I don't think it's low. I think uh, the reservations will appear as soon as they're actually available. I think in terms of, uh, you know, once Pepsi has 100, they'll want two or three. They've got a huge fleet. It's always in a state of turnover. If it's a good price and it works, it just works. No need to lock up millions of dollars in reservation fees now. And in terms of ramping it, I think the reason they're taking their sweet time with it is so that they can get it right and come out hot, start around 50 to 100 a week, get up to a couple hundred a week within a year, burn through that reservation list in two years. Brian, do you have visibility in which factory they're going to be using to build this? And do you know if it's starting to happen? Ah, so I know that uh, batteries for it are being made in Nevada. I know prototypes are being made in Nevada. In terms of the bat, uh, and I know that the motors are being made in Nevada, 
But my source who sent me a picture of a crate full of the motors said, I make the motors, they go in a crate, and they disappear. So he doesn't know anything outside of that. Um, initially, I can see a pilot line in Nevada, just like there was for the batteries at Cato Road. I suspect it's going to be done in Giga, Texas, um, maybe in that southwest corner on the first floor that currently is just being used for indoor storage of vehicles. Wow. Brian, you're absolutely brilliant. For folks that's listening in, Brian is an amazingly, incredibly intelligent resource. The way that he calculated one time years ago, the Tesla Shanghai production numbers that no one knew what was going to happen was he actually counted on the rooftop of the factory, how many of the air, what is it? What are these things? Air things? Where we're the cooling on. towers. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many of the fans on the cooling? The, saying, oh, the numbers are going to be a little soft this month. And I said, I've gone back six months and I've counted how many of the air, uh, air the cooling towers have fans spinning. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blow it out of the water. <laughs> and everyone on my channel was like, buddy, you're new at this. There's no way you're right and everyone else is wrong. And uh, that guy actually came back and uh, gave me props. So that was kind of nice. See, Robert, it's not that like he has a friend in the data center. He actually sees these things, okay? That's awesome. <laughs> I met, I had dinner with the guy who owns a oil refinery in eastern Canada, and he said there's analysts who have satellites over his factory watching right. how hot it is. And if oh. it gets cool uh, without being planned, they know the plant is offline and it is uh, unplanned off. The analysts know before he gets a call. (laughs) Wow. Oh my well, and, and I got the idea from the Bloomberg, uh, the way they estimate how much uh, the crude reserves are in West Texas is by using a sun synchronous satellite and measuring the shadows each day in each of the holding tanks. Wow. So the same kind of, you know, analytic philosophy, I guess. That's stuff that AI can do real well now. So you could watch uh, a number of tanks that scale every tenth of a second, right? It's going to be an unfair fight soon. AI is going to beat up on us. (laughs) Yeah, the question is, who's going to own the AI? And the answer appears to be, not you and me. Elon. Well, you would so, if you have some Tesla stock, you own exactly. a tiny piece. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, and AI is, is already working with uh, AutoBidder to maximize profits for Tesla's clients and Tesla directly. Yeah. The semi-truck uh, should get across America a couple hours faster than a gas truck because it can accelerate out of uh, in-and-out stops. <laughs> and, and up hills faster than a gas truck can. Yeah, that's what I would So hear. we that, we all have a we all have a mutual friend who is a professional truck driver who now works for Tesla in the semi division, and he was saying that he's even though that the semi can have you know like autopilot and others, he doesn't foresee that you're going to be able to not have a human in there because there's there's lots of things that the human driver does outside of just driving um like pre and post and parking and licensing and those kind of things so 
yeah, so I'm still kind of confused of how that's going to work out, but possibly you can have one human and you can have a daisy chain of three semis and then that person handles all these other things around it. Oh, that's smart. Uh, you know, Elon today said that uh, having side mirrors reduces your aero not aerodynamics by 5%, increases, decreases your range 5%. If they're setting airflow at that kind of range, of course they are. They're putting these things in, in wind machines and simulators. What happens yeah. when you get a string of semi-trailers going across Kansas in a mm. row? They all get a little bit more efficient. My Tesla got a lot more efficient when I got, got close to a truck and started dra drafting a truck. That's, by the way, a, a secret. If you can't get to the next semi-charger, semi pull in behind a truck and you'll get there. Mm -hmm. It'll suck you along. <laughs> but, but guys, isn't this just a game changer in the sense like Xander's buying this, right? Why buying it? Because he sees the unit economic. Imagine when Tesla gets this at scale, what business of any size is not going to want these? Mm. It is going to reduce their cost yeah. dramatically. I mean, and the price yeah. of the, and I don't know what exact price is, but they're way, way cheaper than the diesel trucks now. So, I mean, this is just a golden Bingo. opportunity if they can pull this off. Bingo. Yeah. Who knows the, the, who knows the economics? They're going to buy it, by the way, because they can sleep through Kansas. Who doesn't want to sleep through Kansas? It's eight <laughs> hours straight road at 85 miles an hour. No, no on ramps, no nothing. I, I have a picture of it on my TV. It's funny. Just there's, a straight road for eight hours. There's a sleeper cab? Because I was thinking there's no sleeper cab because it's going to be AI driven. You don't need a human to drive it in the future, especially if it's uh, in the future. You know, yeah, well, in the future, right? So, are is are they going to release a model with one or what? Lazy boy chair, man. <laughs> Just well, build one in the back. Yeah, who knows the economics of the Tesla semi, Jeff or Brian or anybody else? I don't think we're going to know until we know what the actual price is. Yeah. Wait, did you say lazy boy in the back? Can't you just no, make no, the driver's seat the lazy no, boy? No, you're going to have a big ass, uh, you know, the couch like thing in the center of that truck for the driver so you can lie down. Come on, we can fit a flat bed in an airplane. Let's go. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think we're going to need to see teardowns and uh we're going to have to like, you know, have some trucking experts to talk through yeah. you know, man hours. Uh, you know, person hours per day, you know, that can be driven now with, with autonomy versus, you know, the current, you know, the current status quo. So I think there's a number of things, but they all have to be, they all feel positive. Yeah, I think the numbers, uh, when you compare it to the cost of the diesel gas versus the electricity, it's about, it's less than 25%. That's, that was the number that I saw recently from the calculations. Yeah, I'm interested in, you know, if they're doing the, you know, if they're blowing out the external speaker so you can have some major fart noises coming out of the. Uh, thing. <laughs> that's what you care about? Like Jake Brake noises going down, down the hill? I'm curious. Xander, let us know. Well, well, that's what uh, Charger, Dodge Charger is doing with their new electric car is it, it screams for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. They call that a feature. <laughs> yeah. Wait until you see the Cybertruck sound system. It'll do pretty good. So I asked this question a long time ago, and people actually laughed at me. But okay, so the Tesla Semi is the actual truck, and then it carries any kind of trailer that you want to put in the back. But if you could, you put solar panels on the trailer 
And then is that enough to be able to even add more than a 500 mile range? Or this is a dumb thing to consider. They're very heavy. Yeah. Panels. The no, panels no, would, yeah. Well, the, the panels <laughs> would weigh, would, would add more weight than benefit. Almost certainly, unless you're using them in a like a RV situation, hold them up at the end of the day and have a nice big flat area. And that, and recharging is more important than, than, than curb weight, uh, but mm-hmm. keeping it under 80,000 for the whole thing, the weight is absolutely critical and it's likely to be heavy because of the batteries. It'd be more efficient to put a big field of them next to a supercharger and collect the solar that way and then put it in the, in the truck through a supercharger, right? That, that's what's happening around the country. They're putting in a lot of solar right next to the superchargers or on top, even sometimes up of the supercharger stations. Well, Herbert, it sounds like you're saying uh, put it on the trailers, but the trailers most of the time are getting picked up by, you know, the, the, the tractor. Um, so yeah. uh, unless you're going to be like a short haul kind of thing where you're just getting loaded up, then, you you know, you might have a, a point. But is it really worth it in terms of how much you can collect while on the road versus, you know, this giant 800 kilowatt hour battery? Hmm. Okay, but what Robert is saying is that in, if it's solar on the char- mega chargers, then it's actually even free, and it's, it's all revenue or income for Tesla, but it's there free. There you go. Oh, that's exactly. that, that's even better, right? Yeah, it takes stuff out better. of the sky for free, and then all the trigger the triggers for. You know, so, so, yeah. so that's that's something I forgot to mention. Is that's what that when I said property um, is to be able to put up a solar farm and uh, and have a you know a mega pack there to charge the mega charge. Xander, why don't you talk to your how many how many um, Menchie's franchise uh, locations are there in the U.S.? Xander, about three hundred and twenty. I was asking the the, the man. Give me a oh, moment. Oh, whatever. I mean, okay. So, so three hundred. Can you not be the very first one of the cool uh, people? Uh, part, say, I'm gonna you know Menchie's partners with Tesla, and we'll install superchargers in every Menchie's Menchie's location. Can you can you do that? No, because you know uh, you have uh, we just lease the, the space from from the malls or oh, I see so I see you own the property. We're not McDonald's. Okay, I have a milestone to hit by the end of the year. <laughs> your 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 Cybertruck's gonna go uh, find a supercharger five miles away and charge there why you can build a really nice super out in the middle of cheaper land get away from cities oh hey chuck is here okay i asked him to join chuck cook because he's been spying on the fsd uh tesla fsd autopilot people training and uh we need to hear yes hi chuck you hear me you all day long, all you do is you spy on people. He has a good view of a bunch of turns uh, street underneath <laughs> his building, and and he's well, getting to watch their R and D at a pretty good rate. Make no mistake that it took a lot of effort to create this voyeuristic scenario, but um, I have created a scenario that I can keep an eye on it both when I am at home and at work in New York. That's and, scary. And, uh, and well, first of all, so I don't know how many people in this chat? Holy shit, there's a lot. Okay. Um, 
So I've got this RTSP stream from an IP camera, and when I'm sitting here at my laptop working, if I see the guy, I can have my drone in the air in about wow. 30 seconds. You control and that? I, you control the drone from wherever you are? No, 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 no. Oh. What I'm saying is, is if I'm at home and I see the car go by, I can have my drone in the air in the front yard in about 30 seconds because I've got it ready, yeah. and I've got this pre-programmed route that I – rise climb go over camera angle and focus so it goes to the same angle every time so if you've ever noticed my drone video it's all identical and those drivers have no chance and it, it's hilarious and <laughs> and this is a small group and if there's any tesla employees on here i love you all uh but i talk to every driver that i see and i've met nice. my third driver I've met my third one I meet. I give them a jar of honey for my apiary, and they are all very nice. They are all tight-lipped. They have a Chuck protocol. There is no doubt about it. There, It's like, like uh, Chuck approaches you, do this, turn your screen off, roll your window down, be very polite, don't say anything. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. I'm fine with that. Um, but they are banging this turnout like you would not believe. We had a downpour today that was two inches in 30 minutes, and that car was back out here and banging out turns on that lap. I bet he did 12 of them. I just posted a video. You guys have been in the space. You just started. I just posted a YouTube video, and uh, I think he got oh, – well, it did all of them. We all have to look at the video very closely to see if we can see interventions, but – this 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 build is going to be awesome. It's not a solution. We are not at Robo, but they are working really, really hard on a hard problem and are getting a long ways with good engineering. And we should just stand up and clap when we wow. have people writing software to solve hard problems because this shit is amazing, period. Okay, well, but Chuck, Chuck uh, about two, three months ago, Ash and I had a space and you were in there. And you were saying it's impossible, it's not going to happen. And then about less than three weeks ago, I interviewed you and Robert, and I got a videotape on my YouTube. It's got a re recording. And you both were so negative about how long it's going to take. And now you're saying it's all 12 times the left third. Yeah. So, Herbert, okay, first of yes. all, yes. We're, not at, we're not at Robo. We're not there. I, I agree. He's doing a great job with patience, and he's doing a great job with what they have. No, we are all going to be sitting in our driver's seats having this car take us wherever we want. Getting out of that driver's seat, I'm not so sure yet, but we are all going to be sitting in our driver's seats having this tar car take us wherever we want. I'm very confident of that. Um, and, and because we're there to intervene in these weird little scenarios that get created, because and, and I listened to James Dalma on many recent videos, and he used a word that I, I, I'm going to continue to repeat. The driving scenario is an unconstrained operational domain. It, it's unconstrained. What does that mean? It, it means that there isn't a defined rule set. It means that we cannot program everything. I mean, we, we, can, we can watch these pictures and say, okay, well, what about bus stops? Okay, what about school zones with time things? And, and all these scenarios that we have to work through, it's a, it, there's always going to be another milestone to work through. So it's unconstrained, which means we're going to continue to chop these walls down. But if we're willing to leave the driver in the seat 
we are going to have this car driving us to our coffee shop. But Yama is going to be buying me coffee because I have to be in that driver's seat. <laughs> Yama, analyst, yeah, value analyst. Yeah. Anyway, I'd love to uh, field any questions if you have them. Um, I'm very excited about what I saw today. And I'm mostly excited because they're using the median. The creeping behavior is good. And they're being patient so they can leverage the sensors they have. And that is why it is working. It should do the work on this turn that you keep showing off and getting credit for, <laughs> which is awesome. I'm jealous. So um, I have a, I have a question. Sure turn or even right hand turns are going to get smoother and more confident because of this work. So I have a question for Chuck. Do you think Tesla is going to be the first to universal level three? Well, there is no doubt that Tesla has a lead that many. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I would be hard pressed to say Tesla's not going to be the first at any of these. Yes, I, I do believe Tesla is going to be the first. What each of those milestones is, I don't want to overstate because I truly, truly feel that our words get twisted. And Herbert, you're really good at it, twisting. Twisting words. your words. You, I'm sorry. Yeah. You are. You take one thing and make it sound like we said robo when we didn't. And I'm like, listen, we're 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 really progressing and, and it's getting really, really good. But there are certain engineering constraints that are still there. Yeah. Tesla is so far in the lead on any of these areas. We're going to be the first at everything. And I say we because I include myself in that group. We're going to be the first at everything. I, I truly believe in, in true engineering milestones. Now, we are also taking an unconstrained operational domain approach, which means it feels like we're not first to offer robo. And that is a weird media twisted thing where, oh, we got Waymo and, oh, we got all these other robos and crews in San Francisco. But the unconstrained operational domain thing is such a misunderstood thing that you have to take that for what it's worth. So Tesla will be first in the unconstrained operational domain, in my opinion. Constrained with HD maps and LiDAR? Okay, you got to carve out all these carve outs. And I'm not even going to begin to be an expert in that. Did you change your opinion or do you still believe that uh, you need to have the extra cameras uh, and oh, maybe no. hardware yeah, for yeah. Absolutely, we need cameras. Absolutely. Now listen, this is a 2016 design. We need, first of all, we need higher resolution. We need better perspective. We need radar. We need, uh, you know, IR. There is no reason to say that what we knew in 2016 is what we're going to use through 2030. That would be dumb. No, we need better. We need better. What can we do with what we got? That's what we have to determine. But do we need better? Absolutely, we need better. Position resolution, and then additional sensors. I'm all for it. Now, I understand Carpathy's gone now, but I understand the constraints on sensor fusion, and I don't want to be the expert there. And if people want to go all vision and say, we don't want any additional sensors, I, I will buy into that. Understanding that that will create a little bit of a longer timeline because you have to create neural networks to do all of that work. And it can be done, but it will probably have a lot of bumps and stops and spurts along the way to create the same sort of capability that we could have with high data and infrared along the way. Uh, but 
I guarantee you that 1.2 megapixel camera on the B pillar in the front and the rear camera is not going to be the end all be all. It's going to improve many, many times of the time. I, I have a yeah. Silicon Valley answer to this problem, which is um, in Silicon Valley, I'm often at uh, intersections where there's four Teslas or sometimes even more at the intersection. So you start thinking, what if all of those joined together? What if the cars started communicating with each other? Then the range of my camera all of a sudden gets a lot bigger. Well, Robert, because so I'm I think getting that works your camera. On, I, work, and the guy I think that works on static images that don't move, but the latency involved in the transmission speed, I don't know that traffic can be transmitted at that latency. But if you're reporting a pothole or a traffic jam, I believe that. But can you 500 meters, 1,000 meters, 2,000 meters ahead of me report traffic? I don't know. What's, what's the latency that I can get it? Uh, Today or in that. four years? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a fighter analogy on this and going, you have to build in the latency of the communication so that you know what you're seeing has a time time latency of, of this but but if those other cars are reporting you know things that i need to know about like road closed or potholes or uh, yeah. objects in road ahead or all of that oh my god that's amazing i'm even thinking about a drunk driver coming toward an intersection if you're behind the drunk driver and your tesla goes oh that guy's drunk he's going across all the lanes all the time um could it warn people ahead of and say, hey, a drunk driver is coming toward your intersection. So stop. But that that, that would need green. like near field kind of communication, um, like uh, Bluetooth with, you know, thousand meter kind of range kind of thing, right? Come on, we're talking on a cell phone right now. Come on. As long as the cell okay. I'm not going to argue against you because I truly um, believe it can work. I just, I would need to measure that latency and say what is available and because if you de if you deliver bad information late, it can be worse it, than good information on time. Some of these, might, the latency might not matter. The drunk driver is scenario. You want to get the message to our car before it starts up and goes through an intersection that this guy is approaching at. You could be reporting that for miles. I've followed drunk drivers before and got them pulled over, and I was following them for an hour. Well, first of all... Right? I, I'm not going to go on record arguing with you about this because car-to-car -car communication definitely needs to happen. And and however it finds its application and usability, we need to be doing it. But is it car to sell back to car or is it car or is it car to local tower? I, I don't know what that network looks like, but you just described car to sell to car. I think car-to-car -car is much more powerful. Yeah. Hey, Chuck um... – you know, with the improvement in the capabilities that you've seen uh, for FSD to uh, do better in that left turn, which is very complicated, you know, the creeping behavior, the median, do you think that any of those improvements can apply to other scenarios? Oh, my God, yeah. First of all, just understanding a median and, and giving another opportunity to cross a lane, and median may be specific, but the... What I think is now existing with a a creep there's there's a new creeping network I saw in a car while I was at the at the shareholders meeting, 
that creeping network, which basically says how far can you go before you get in trouble, if they can refine that, they can truly get everything they can out of the B pillar. So what I mean is they get rid of that weird how far can I go till I can see. They can't fix the resolution of the B pillar. It's still 1.2 megapixels. It's still in the weird location behind the driver's head. But if they can safely get they can maximize their sensors. So I'm very excited about that. Is that cryptic? Do you understand that? Yeah, no, that was, that was fantastic. If, I have a right turn out of my house onto a busy road, and it feels like Chuck's, the first part of Chuck's turn. So I'm expecting it to be a lot smoother and a lot more confident this weekend. It's one of the first things I'm going to try. Yeah. So what I'm going to describe to everybody that's on this space, and it's a good group of people, what I've seen for meeting usage and the creeping behavior is for those of you that have FSD and have gotten used to the blue little lane neural network logic. So when you turn a blinker on or when it changes lanes, it creates this little blue field on the lane. So it projects its drivable space into the lane before it changes lanes. That blue neural network kind of, drivable space lane is now being projected into a median when it has a median available. So in my unprotected left or any unprotected left, when you're at the stop sign, there's a nice little blue field in the median that you can visually see that says, oh, that's where the car will go. That is the new neural network that's projecting the median space. The other thing I've seen is a blue field that is flipped 90 degrees. Now you have to kind of close your eyes and visualize that but it's essentially a vertical wall that on the visualization is created that projects how far you can creep. So imagine your car creeping up to an edge of a lane. There's now a blue wall that says, don't go past here. That new blue wall is a new neural network that is projecting the creep limit. That creep limit is a very valuable tool in leveraging what we do have with an in an inoptimal B-pillar location. So it's basically saying, how far can I go to use the sensors I have? And to this point, they haven't had that. And I think this next version, if we all see those two things, a creep limit network and a media network, that will change a lot in these two problem areas. Anyway, sorry, talking a lot. Yeah, no, no. Will you get the beta ahead of right after the employees? Are you one of the first that normally gets it? I have been typically, but it's not a rule, and no one has sent me any emails on the backpack channel saying, stand by, here it comes. I'm just like all of you guys. I've just been here a little bit longer. I've been here since October 2020, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm not on a special list other than the fact that I've been called out recently due to this turn. So no, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm special. Herbert. When are you expecting it to come this week? Uh, if, if everything goes accordingly, would you get it on Saturday? Would you get it on Monday? So this is an interesting thing here. Um, so I, I, I met a new driver today that was flown in and is in the same car. These guys swap cars. They stay in hotels every night. And they're still banging out this turn. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. Does that mean it's not ready? Or does that mean, because 
if we're getting a release in two days, there's no way in the software development world that the build, the guy that was driving, there's, and Robert, maybe back me up here. There's no way they were driving the build that we could possibly get in two days is being driven today. I, no di- I disagree. You think that no way? Because maybe they're validating it. Okay, no, no. If they're driving a release candidate, okay, yeah. So if you're saying they're driving a release candidate and then we're going to get it, that's fine. But if they're still changing things, no way. So I guess that's the thing we don't know. If they're driving a release candidate and validating versus testing changing. They better get Elon real specific uh, advice as to what to message on Saturday too. Like how how good is it? And if it's not perfect, how does it get to be perfect? Elon needs to know that. Yeah. Right. How many more iterations is it going to take? And they, so if, if they're, if it still can be, and I know it can still be improved. Our cars are, are going to get tighter, but they're not going to be perfect on Saturday. There's right? no, there's no such thing as perfect. Right. So I right. hate the word solve. Don't use it. We're yeah, getting I, better. I say it's an exponential yeah. learning machine. The thing to watch is yeah. how fast is it learning? How much better did it get better on Saturday? That's what we're going to yeah. be really like me and you are going to be talking all, all day long. Did you see it do this? Did you see it? Right. How much better is it at turning turns? Because I've gone through my little neighborhood a lot, you know, and I have a good yeah. idea how it thinks now. It's pretty well, amazing. And, and I almost don't even care how well it does is how much I care how much it changes how it solves the problem. Yeah. Hmm. I, 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 listen, Elon said hmm. 90, and what I've visualized over these vi- uh, videos, I'm expecting 90. Hmm. That's, uh, I, it, there is no 100. There is no such thing as 100. Maybe there's 99, but now we get to March the 9th. But I, yeah. I, I fight against anyone that says the word solved or we fix this, move on to the next thing. I'm like, no, we all take bites out of the problem. Engineers don't ever fix anything 100%, ever. Yeah. You always improve, and especially software engineers. And I tell you what, these guys, there's no doubt that Ashok and his team is like, oh, fuck, Elon, why did you say that? It's a freaking bitch. <laughs> Whoa, Chuck got angry. But, but, you know what? The engineering focus on on see, seeing out this B pillar camera toward the side is going to pay so many dividends. I mean, how many th- different things is that system having to do? It's having to predict the speed of the of the traffic coming t- from your left. It's having to predict how much time well, does it take to get to the middle barrier? How much space is in the middle barrier? And then it has to worry about the traffic coming from the right. I mean, I, it, it's a lot of problems to well, be solved, and all that engineering effort is going to pay off across the fleet. There is one thing I know for sure, is I no longer have to worry about them wondering what I'm talking about because they have done this turn so many hundreds of times now with cars that are collecting data with resolution much more than my car and production cars is that either there there's no way to not know what I'm talking about. No way. Hmm. There's no way. Quick, quick question, guys, and I know you guys are the experts, so I'm just coming from a layman terms of it. Why would I know Elon's optimistic and he talks and we know Elon time, but He's hyping this up, and I know he's hyped it up before, but they've been regular. This one with the dot sixty nine and the fire emojis. 
either he knows something is coming that is a step change. So I would love to get your opinion on this. Or is it him just overhyping it again and we get a gradual improvement? Why so much? Why why the dot sixty nine, the fire emojis? Would love to hear it. I think the the number of mistakes per mile um is is going to radically decrease. And I think that's uh, what's going on is the AI is an exponential learning machine. It finally has a lot of data from our cars. If you're on the FSD beta, you're giving uh, Tesla something like 35 gigs a day of data, right? That AI is ingesting that and figuring out why you grabbed the wheel in terror one time, right? And, and is getting all the data from, from that experience. You don't know that you're, your behavior in the car is actually helping teach this thing. Yeah, I, I got a, I have a different perspective on it. I've made a few tweets about it this week, and that yeah. fire emoji is the Christmas sweater under the Christmas tree, and I've opened that sweater a lot of times. And I love <laughs> the sweater every time I get it, but when I go to church <laughs> with my parents that I really don't want to go to church with, I'm like, hey, I love the sweater. It's great. But let, let me tell you what. The... <laughs> There are always improvements, and it is always fire. Sometimes it's games. Sometimes it's going to be steam at Christmas. I guarantee you that. There's always things that deserve that fire emoji. But we are humans and envision that Christmas present that ultimately ends up being a sweater as this amazing thing that doesn't even exist. And when we open it, it's not there. That is us creating that, not Elon. Elon is promoting his company. And what he says is fire could be like, hey, we got a median neural network or, hey, we got a creeping neural network. It's fire. But you guys are hearing it as, oh, my God, we solved it. And in my opinion, that's human nature yeah. in interpreting Elon's hype and engineering progression. I've, heard, I've seen that fire emoji now for two years in this specific space. And every time I have to realize that there is always really, really good stuff. But when your imagination is allowed to creep for 70, 80 days like we are right now, it turns into something that it's not. Yeah, that's maybe true. But I watching how the AI is learning and we're getting to a place where we're going to close a lot of gaps, um, you know, and make and make the experience of. FSD really much. My expectation is it's going to get pretty much better. Maybe not of course perfect. It's gonna, I'm not arguing but, with that. But I, I mean, just don't like want to use the word better. solve or yeah. yeah. So so that fire emoji to you, Robert, and that fire emoji to me, and that fire emoji to the person that just made the comment. I'm sorry I didn't catch your name because I didn't look at my phone when you commented. Yeah. I, I I just think we all read that and imagine different things, and that is human yeah. nature. And um, I've learned to try to temper that just like my parents giving me sweaters at Christmas. Yeah, that was that was me, Chuck Christian. So what I was saying, the fire emoji is one thing, but but the dot 69 and I know it's not going to be solved. I'm not going there. I'm saying, do you see a step change? Mean a significant, not just a little bit better, like something that uh, other than your turn that maybe is going to. Uh, you know, kind of hitch in a way where, whoa, this is a this this I could see this is much better with the dot sixty nine um um distinction. 
if they've done so much engineering to see to the side of the car and do better predictions of what's going on on the road, you're going to see it all over the place. Because I've been thinking about it a lot while the car's driving. It it, it is watching on the sides a lot, like a bicyclist yeah. who's in uh, alongside of you and going miles an hour it's watching that thing and the better it gets at figuring out what that person is doing and, and the speed they're going at and all that is it just it introduces better better er, few, fewer errors on the drive and and yeah. both fatal errors where it's pulling you into a one-way road um versus uh smoothness errors because i have a lot of dry turns in my neighborhood which are, it does the right thing. It's just too slow and it's jerky and it's like un unconfident, blah, blah, blah. The work on your turn is going to pay dividends every turn. Yeah, yeah. And Christian, the word step change, I, th I think, uh, can mean a lot to a lot of different people. So I'm, I'm not going to use that word because yeah. some people turn that into an exponential curve. I think in this release, there are going to be some amazing new tools that FSD has to solve its own problems. And each of those tools are different networks that have been added that add functionality to how it solves problems. And when it drives, it may appear to just work a lot, lot better. Is that a step change? I think it depends on your environment and what you drive and how you drive. You know, if you're in a rural road that mapping is the problem, you're not going to feel the step change. But if I'm driving this one turn every day, it may feel like a step change. If you're in a city like New York or Boston where road closes are the problems, I don't know. So I think that step change globally is a hard word to use. I think they are adding tools to the neural network stack that are continually improving it that will make the overall behavior better. So step change is a hard word for me to sign up on, but I think it's going to get, it's getting better. It's getting better, but it's in targeted things that the engineers are working on, not globally. Anyway, that's my point. Every, every update is a step change. It, at least it has been so far. My car does stuff that I never dreamed it d would be doing when I bought it four years ago. Any any comments on why what happened to version eleven, which is supposed to be the one stack that rules them all, integrates um, highway autopilot with city streets, and then now we're going to go ten point six nine instead of eleven. Any any guesses on what's happening? Yeah, I totally think that the um, ingestion of the FSD neural network code against the heuristic code is providing some variability that is just not as good as the current NOA code. I think that NOA is solid and this current stack is good, but there's occasional wild behaviors and they're like, whoa, okay, mm. maybe it's not ready yet, right? So I think it's generally working for Elon or whoever's testing it, but I think there's probably some occasional weirdos and they're like, it's not ready yet. That's my opinion. I think it's good, but somehow they're just hesitating against taking over the heuristic code. Okay. And Danny, did you want to ask a question? It's a hard engineering problem. <laughs> yeah. Danny? Yes. There you are. Yes. There you are. Hello. Thank you for Go bringing ahead. me. Herbert. Yeah. First time here. First time speaking. Uh, I'm probably going to go towards, let's say, the VR, XR aspect. As Tesla was, are implementing a Tesla suit and 
from what I just observed, have to. No, 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 no. Things. The Tesla suit is made by a different company than Tesla. The car, the uh, transportation. I see. So they just use the name itself. Yeah, yeah. it's a different. It would have been so much common sense company. for them to process that as, let's say, their AI yeah. observed you know 3D rendering virtual reality, but so it's null and void at that point. What a yeah. waste of time! That yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's a cool suit though, but it's an expensive suit. It, this thing you wear it. And if you're in VR, um, it has electrodes every few inches on the entire suit. So you can make me feel pain. You can actually make my arm move. Um, my friend uh, was uh, shocking me with electrodes and taking great joy in it while I was wearing the suit. <laughs> a, a lot of fun. <laughs> but that's what won't go, won't go further uh, with their technology. They'll just probably be focused more on uh, vehicles and transportation. Yeah, it, what I'm watching is the moves, Elon's moves inside the car, uh, inside the vehicle. Uh, supposedly, the, next month we're getting Steam games in the car. Um, that'll be interesting. I'm also wondering that the, the idea of a robot is really intriguing to me, and uh, we're going to hear a lot about that at the end of September. One of the things that really sucks about the Tesla is. Uh, uh, being able to talk to the car just isn't very complete and very thought out and it certainly doesn't answer the kinds of questions I have a lot of times like um, you know where's the where's the in and out near me but um, that has a short line something like that you know you can't it, Tesla doesn't try to answer that kind of question it will in the future how soon man it's coming close so uh, if if they're doing a lot of thinking on the inside the vehicle experience, which they should be for the Cybertruck, they're thinking about voice response and what to do with it. And that thinking then leads them into augmented reality. Hi, Herbert. How are you today? Hey, Landon. Doing great. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. I just wanted to clear up one thing when we talk about going from 10, we're talking about going from 1012 to 1069. When he talks about the, the single stack version 11, that is still in the future. Like we're on 10.12. The 11 is talking about past 10, not past the 10.12. But I, everything else is great. I love your room. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Good clarification. Landon, you're always so polite. I enjoyed spending time with you in Austin. You're a uh, saint. Thanks, Chuck. I don't know if everybody agrees with you, but I love you, brother. <laughs> I I was near him in a hot tub, so uh, yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> Never to be spoken of again. That's right. <laughs> uh, did you hear Landon about Xander? Of course he did. Yeah, he saw that. What do you you think he's crazy buying a semi? Oh, I'm envious that I didn't take him up on the offer last week to go in on the deal with him. It sounds like a lot of fun. We live a little too far away from each other, but wow, that thing is going to be so cool to have. How are these semis going to do Chuck's left turn? <laughs> Perfectly. <laughs> By the time. Slowly. Well, not, not as slow as the other semis. <laughs> so the semis have a camera on the rearview mirrors. What do you think about that? Mm. they do I've got confirmation of that they were there in Texas I've got inside information there are side cameras on the semi on the rearview mirrors 
granted, they stick out a ways, and, and the semi is a different platform, but I don't know. We can all speculate what hardware for me semi is hardware 3.5 or 4.5. I don't know, but yeah. there are cameras there. Um, and listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring cam- camera gate up right now. Well, I guess I just did because I love bringing up camera gate because we can always improve. Yes, I we can always improve. There's a, as a product designer though, you're you're ha- having to trade trade off like resolution versus AI processing power on the, in the vehicle, right? So I'm I'm sure there's some uh, and and cost to the vehicle, right? And measurability and supply. There's a lot of little um, yeah. Me- there's a Listen, lot of meetings to be had just on a camera decision. If I was a VP at Tesla. Tesla right now, and Elon said, "What are we gonna do?" and I've put myself in this mental situation before, I'd be like, we got to get the most out of what we have on these vehicles without a retrofit. Let's think that through. Engineers, figure it out. How far can we go? And then you know what? Let's figure out what we're going to do in the future. And at some point, we're going to have to tell our customers, just like they did on Autopilot 1, Autopilot 2, Autopilot 2.5, hey, just so you know, things change. And there is going to be a com at some time that says, hey, Robo is not here on version 3 of Autopilot. It's going to be there on hardware 4. But I guarantee you there's a conversation that says get everything out of it. And when you tell me we can or cannot do it, I'll tell everyone. We, they just haven't told us yet. Those are conversations. If are Tesla happening. told you uh, you could get your cameras upgraded and get all these new smoother turns and you know better predictions and you know stuff that that'll matter to you eventually, and let's say it's three thousand dollars, would you pay it? I would. Well, I would, but everybody wouldn't, and my young son graduated from college wouldn't, and there's a there's a huge demographic curve that we're creating with a twelve thousand dollar FSD package. And I am against that. I think that the FSD needs to be part of the brand, not an add-on. This is Tesla. FSD is Tesla. Robotaxi should be an add-on for an entrepreneur that wants to create a fleet, in my opinion. Yeah, Chuck, I and don't I think that will they... tell Elon that to his face if I ever nice. get that meeting. I think that's is, good. This feedback. should be his I, brand. I agree with that. Sure, but I don't think they can, right? Because they can't. They're already in legal potential yeah. legal issues at this point. Promising and paying for FSD. A lot of things are going to change when this technology actually gets to where it's so good that everybody agrees it's ready for humanless driving. No, no, is no. That, Chuck is that said four years away? Is that four years away? Let's say it's four. You're going to see a lot of new features at that time that just can't be done today. Yeah, Bobby, did you want to ask a question? Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you. And also, hi, Chuck. I love your videos. Um, I just wanted to ask, like, is there anyone else on the panel who thinks it's actually going to be solved really soon, like next year, like safer than human? Because I feel like they added a lot more drivers, so it's going to be quicker. You just asked three separate questions. One, is it going to be safer than a human? I would argue it's really close to that. Um, but we don't have all the data, and it's not good enough to cl- make that claim yet. But I, if it's driving with a human and the human is actually involved, uh, man, the, the safety on this is way better than manually driving. All right? Yeah. I um, support so, that as yeah. long as a human is monitoring the edge cases. Yeah, 
even narrows and the turns and the intersection, the lights and everything else, it is safer than a human. It's the edge scenarios of entering and exiting in high density scenarios that are not safer than a human yet. So when you average that across a data set to say, is it safer than a human? The layman might go, uh, what does that mean? And I think you and I, if we're looking at it closely, need to say it depends. So do you need to include the edge scenarios and saying, is it safer than human? Or are you trying to average in the good with the bad? If you're trying to average in Including. the good with the bad, the human needs to be there right now. If you say feature complete, that means it does the drive to me, right? Like it does a full-on drive without me touching the steering wheel. That's close, but that's not robo-taxi. That's not humanless driving. That's not a, it has a the lateral navigation capability for everything I've ever asked it to do. It knows how to go where I want it to go. There are times it doesn't do it right. So feature complete to Robert's, it is almost feature complete without the right commit and safety protocols in the edge scenarios. But in the middle ground where most of us spend most of our time, it is I think at 98%, but on the edge scenarios of entering and exiting those normal scenarios, I think it's a 50% range. So how do you average that and say it's ready? Everyone wants it to be ready. And when they see these videos of it doing amazing things in the middle, they think it's ready. But when you take it back just one or two seconds and say, how did it enter that traffic scenario? It was horrible. I don't know how to average that out without using some statistics that say it's not ready, but I don't know. It's ready in the middle, but not ready on the edge is what I would say. And then when you start talking about robo-taxi, it's a, it's a business model and it's a user interface. And a lot of that has not been done yet. You know, you can't get in a car and tell it, Hey, drive me to San Francisco. And it really understands you and, and, and takes off from the place where you started and drops you off the way you want to be dropped off when you get there. That kind of work it still is out there. So can that be done by the end of next year? That's a lot of engineering on top of fix, uh, uh, continuing to make this thing perfect, right? Eh, yeah, maybe, maybe, but I, I still think it's two, three years away. And then another one to two years before- Robert, I don't even know how to, to the place where that. We're what, I don't even know, what are you even measuring that against? I, I'm looking at how fast is it. Um, the, with AI, you have to look at how fast is it fixing, is it uh, learning to do new things, and it's yeah. learned a lot already in four years. I drove now, now it's several places time. today, yeah. no intervention, and I'm like, oh god, this is awesome. It's it amazing. Totally it? does it. It totally does it. But then in one little weird edge scenario, it's like, holy shit, it just killed me. So yeah. it's like I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to throw that into the numbers of my excitement. So when I talk what? to people that want to know, is it ready? I'm like, hey, it's almost ready. But when we are all we on a Twitter off? space and every single person on a Twitter space in hours says it's ready, then we know it's ready. Yeah, we all know I, when it's ready. When we trust it with our family's lives, 
We'll all yeah. know when well, it's ready. It's I, ready I, I can truly appreciate the fact that the message I was trying to send when we went wide with the safety score model, and I was very vocal and said, I am not comfortable with this. And I'm happy to say that nothing bad to Tesla has happened. So, but at the same time, there are a lot of people driving FSD beta that are like, oh, that's what you meant. And I appreciate that, right? So there's a little bit of an opening of the paradigm of the understanding of the operational domain. And I think that is a good thing because it hasn't turned out. I was really worried about it turning out bad. And I'll admit, it still maybe could. I'm wrong. We're, we're going into, the, uh, into a phase of this where it's going to get a lot of our trust and then it's going to make a mistake. So um, you, but, you you got to remain yeah. around, right, and not looking at your phone. We have the natural another... benefit of the fact that nobody wants to crash their eighty thousand dollar car. That is a benefit. So That's... everyone that has it is is thinking about that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, just a quick question from again from a layman, and I'm thinking, um, does this make sense, Robert or Chuck or whoever wants to jump in? When um, I think it was like DeepMind, they they solved Go, right? That old game, and they 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 had all these engineers working on it, and they played the the best of the best, and they didn't know if they were going to beat them, and you know they were working on it, working. All of a sudden, it could beat the best Go, the thousand Go players all at once. Bingo. Isn't that what Elon's kind of been saying? Like it is what it is until it's something completely different, and that could happen, you know, next month, next year, yeah. two years from now, but. That change, Ricard just gets it. Is that what he's talking about? Where it's like an AI moment in, in where, where the go player goes yes. from they can beat the can't beat the worst player to beating the all the best players in the world in in one second. Yes, and in my neighborhood, I have un, unmarked lanes with a lot of kids, a lot of weird ass traffic, a lot of narrow lanes, and the car is doing just. Um, yeah, it makes mistakes once in a while, so I can't yet say you can drive it around without watching it. But what it does is like, wow. Okay, Robert, I'm going to disagree with you here. Um, so the reason I disagree that this is not the go problem is this is an unconstrained operational domain. And I say that is in go has rules, and you cannot change those rules. And right now, I can send the... Ashok, because Karpathy's gone, a picture of a school zone that says, hey, from 7 a.m. to, you know, 10 p.m., I'm supposed to go 15, and it doesn't read that. Or, hey, I just saw this sign that said no right turn, you know, on this turn from 10 p.m., you know, to 11. I I'm just saying there are so many things that are in the world, constrained domain, that I don't – Without knocking these out one by one, this is not a go problem. This is an AGI problem. We, we have to solve reading signs, which is solved. And I do think reading signs can be used with GPT-3. And I think that we can do a yeah. lot of these other things. But when road closed or all these other things that come in unconstrained domains, it is an unconstrained operational domain, which is not go. So it is not going to go exponential just because we're solving it. We have to solve each of these corner cases with solutions until we get to AGI that is self-learning. Now, self-learning changes everything. 
and we're not there yet. I don't think we're there yet. And I know there's some crescendos that may come soon that we may be to self-learning. When self-learning happens, I don't know even how to measure that. But um, right That's now, what I'm saying, I, right? yeah. when, when, let's say it's two years from now and we're all doing this Twitter space again. We're very quickly going to figure out whether it's releasable, like without humans. Because we're all going to be like, yes, we're in, we're in, we're in. Or we're not. We're going to be like, no, it, it still doesn't do my corner. Right. It still doesn't do my thing right. Or it still tr tried to kill me last week. You, yeah. We will all well, have lots of stories. With the driver in the seat, Robert, we'll all do it. And like I went to a run roundabout that was rebuilt in a scenario where there was a green light and a red light last week. And now there's a roundabout, but the map has a red light. And the car went, whoa, what have I got here? Let me think about this. And it kind of acted like a three-year-old walking with a lollipop kind of yeah. a thing. And it didn't know what to do. So I, I, I don't – you always mentioned this AGI thing a few times. And, and that may be the clue we all need to lean into and say – Tesla solving real world AGI is FSD. And we need to maybe back off from all this, hey, Robo's here and the, uh, Optimus is here. Hey, let's focus on real world AGI. And when we get there, holy moly, I think that requires self-learning. That means that the iterations happen without humans. I don't know. I I'm just guessing. I think there's a bit of that going on because we're uploading a lot more data today than we did three months ago. I'm going to go to dinner with my kids and my family. I love this yeah. space wait, and, this... and I enjoy spending time with you guys. Love and it. I'll Can't wait to get your release, wait, man. Before you leave, Chuck, um, we're going to go All ahead right, and guys. this pace down. Hey, Chuck, thank you for joining. Yeah. Hey, Herbert. S scale Robert, on 1 to hey, 10, Robert. I give you a 10.69. I'm coming to San Francisco. Dinner, right? I, I'll pick you up at the airport in my okay. Tesla. See ya. <laughs> Right, See I'll you guys. Try out your turn a few times. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all. Scale of one to ten, I give this a ten point six nine and a fire emoji to Robert <laughs> and to Chuck. Thanks, everybody. Shut this down. Good night. Good night.